0: and then this process will help us reach like the intended audiences across LinkedIn, across our audience network which is off of LinkedIn without that like individually individually tracking every single member.
1: Hello and welcome to the Business Innovation and Technology podcast. I'm your host Jordan Rogers Smith, and today we're going to be looking at a topic about how we can navigate digital transformation. Joining me today for this discussion, we have Arta Souza, Vice President of Business Engineering at Meta, and Jake Bailey, Director of Paid Media Labs at LinkedIn. So I'd love for you both just to tell us a little about yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do. So Artua, tell us a little about what it is you do here at Meta.
2: I have been with Meta for nine years now, and always as a business engineer before we are called solutions engineers, but I have been supporting the Global Business Group, which is our top 20k advertisers, and engaging them daily on how to digital transform, but also take more advantage of our tools and services.
1: Awesome. It's great to have you on the podcast, and we have an extra special guest today. So Jake, tell us a little about yourself. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. My
0: name is Jake Bailey, and I work at LinkedIn, where I'm the director and head of Paid Media Labs. So we're a team of uh, channel experts focused on long-term and forward-thinking initiatives um, across LinkedIn's entire business portfolio. And we, through a combination of measurement, experimentation, and automation, we're looking to to drive the, the business forward. And I've been at LinkedIn for 10 plus years, and it's been really pretty amazing to watch the digital transformation, specifically in our marketing and advertising space, really evolve.
1: Excited about the conversation. Great to have you here. So digital transformation has been a hot topic for quite a few years, but with COVID, it seems that transformation is accelerating even faster than it was going before. So I'd love to start with you, Artur. And what have you seen and how have you seen technology change with businesses in recent years?
2: I think it's easy when we talk about the digital transformation to think about uh, technology itself, but it's really about how consumer behavior changes as a consequence of technology. So when we think about digital cameras, right? How much we we used to think about before taking a picture during a trip and all with phones, we just take tons of pictures and later we care about editing them or, or selecting the best ones. Or more recently, how uh, ride sharing has changed our behaviors, like that ability to reveal a service provider or uh, have something on demand. You can also think about streaming those ways. So it's really about talking about how certain advances in technology and products have changed the way that customers behave and what are the consequences of that and how you adapt to those uh, changing behaviors from customers.
0: Yeah, I really like Archer's view on this and I would actually like to put like a bit of a digital marketing spin on the term digital transformation. And so when I think of marketing over the last 15 plus years, I actually see three kind of big pivot points. So the first was existing and then adapting to this like web first world. This brought us companies like eBay and Craigslist platforms that really enabled commerce and transactions to happen through a computer and that internet connection. And then the second pivot was existing and adapting to a mobile first world. The ability to connect anywhere and everywhere allowed for entire new business models to pop up. We see marketplaces like Lyft and Airbnb and Yelp, and these were were born in this kind of second pivot. And then companies, even like Meta, where they were able to pivot to be successful in this mobile first world. But this also ushered in this like new era of mobile advertising. And then finally, the third pivot is where I think we are today, which is adapting to a privacy and user-centric first world. We have entire generations who have now grown up with the internet at their fingertips, and they're demanding, you know more transparency from the services um, that they interact with. Privacy on the web is now being driven not only from a government standpoint, with the passages of what regulations like GDPR, but also from platforms like Apple, who recently rolled out a new data sharing permission pop-up in iOS 14.5, and Google, who says they're going to remove third-party you know, cookies from Chrome in the next few years. And so in my opinion, companies who are transparent and put their customers' and members' needs first are going to be able to get ahead in the years to come.
1: So it's a very interesting take, breaking it down from from that lens, and I'd love uh, to to get your point of view on on what do you think have been some. Really good examples of businesses that have done really well with either of those, you know, with either of those three layers of transformation that Jay just mentioned.
2: Definitely, and I think it's impossible to think about digital transformation without uh, thinking about COVID nineteen because it was really a catalyzer. Like it really accelerated the shift and the change for a lot of companies. One of the companies that uh, I really love their example is Airbnb because they were able to pivot really quickly and built tools for ensure that hosts and guests were safe. But also, they created a whole new business line about online experiences and providing that for companies who were able to leverage that to bring teams together. And they did that really quickly, and they, they were able to adapt to the world around them and the, the customer needs very quickly. Now, we have a few other examples, like uh, ID Tech, which is a company that is used to virtual tech camps, essentially remote learning. And they were also able to pivot quickly and offer new services to customers during COVID-19. And, or even Planet Fitness, uh, which is like a fitness company. But during the pandemic, they were really leveraging Facebook Live to stream 20 minute exercises. And they were able to serve their customers in a very, in a new way and very like a uh, personalized way because they needed that. That's what customers were needing. So I think like those three examples are, are really good ones for, for at least the last two years.
0: I totally second that Airbnb example. Like they couldn't have timed their experiences product launch at a better time. Actually, my team and I just did a virtual escape room with Airbnb experiences like a couple of weeks ago. And the host was in Poland. My team was all over the country. And like we had a blast. It was really cool. And we wouldn't have able to been able to like do something together without that. So they've pivoted really well. But if I think of going back to that more like user and customer centric approach, one company that comes to mind for me is REI. They've actually used digital transformation or maybe like lack thereof as almost like a competitive advantage. They really understand what's important to their members. And a couple of years ago, they launched this opt outside campaign where They told their, their employees and their customers don't come into our stores on black Friday, instead go out into the world, explore, use our products out in the wilderness, but don't go shopping. And this, they've now been able to use their marketing channels to tell this authentic story. And they continue to do this campaign like years later, which I think that has really differentiated them from like all of these different online retailers. I actually think about LinkedIn and how we've had to pivot pretty rapidly and quickly when COVID hit. If you remember early on um, in the pandemic, most companies froze hiring and seeing that our bi- biggest business at LinkedIn is being a recruiting platform, like we were hit hard, but we had to pivot pretty quickly. And luckily for us, we had other business lines that did you know really well during the pandemic people and companies were looking to upskill. And so our LinkedIn learning courses became really popular. And then we also have a product called Sales Navigator, which helps sales teams move into the digital world. And this was really um, well-received and and popular as well as sales teams had to learn how to sell online because they couldn't do the face-to-face sales anymore. So You know, even now, two years later, if you look at what is going on in the world around what we like to call the great reshuffle, where more people are moving jobs than at any time in like recent memory, LinkedIn has had to become the center of the world of work conversation. And we're really helping our members and customers navigate this new world of work through conversation on the platform or through tools across our hiring products, our marketing products are selling and upskilling products and are re- and helping them retain talent. So we've had to really pivot and it's been a whirlwind, but excited about what's next.
1: So I think it's interesting there that you mentioned LinkedIn's ability to adjust and pivot. And I think LinkedIn is coming up to its 20 year anniversary and you all have been there for over half of that time and and so looking back particularly through the three different evolutions that you mentioned at the start what is it about LinkedIn that you think has been able to navigate those things and and what do you think people can take away from that to, to apply in their own setting
0: It's been really interesting to watch LinkedIn grow as a company and grow as a business I've been there going on 9 years now and as a marketing team when we first started out we didn't have a whole lot of tools available to us to reach our, our clients and, and our members. We did a lot of email marketing. And as we've evolved as a marketing organization, we've really s- expanded out to paid media and and events and, and all of these things. And as our company has grown, like we've had to stay on top of the the industry. And if I think about us evolving, but also like how we enable our customers to evolve, something that's really been beneficial, I think, to our our customers over the last, especially a couple of years within COVID is helping them adapt to this new online world again. We have some products like LinkedIn events or LinkedIn Live that have really enabled some of our our B2B customers to reach their audiences in a new way where they haven't had to really do that prior to the pandemic. And then as we think more about what's shifting in the industry, we move to this more privacy focused world. We're really making sure that privacy is is, front and center when we think about our products. It's almost like privacy is done by design with us at LinkedIn. And our number one value as a company is to put members first. And that couldn't be more true when we think about privacy and security. And so when Apple announced iOS 14.5 last year. And all the apps in the app store needed to ask permission to to share their data. um, We actually made the call to opt everybody out of that. We felt that the being transparent and being open about, we're not going to take your data in a way that you don't like was really important to us as a company. And that means that we had to like completely rethink some of our advertising solutions, but we felt like it was the right thing for our members. But we actually just recently launched some new, some new updates in how we're approaching like this privacy first world. We have a new group identity pilot that just launched a couple of weeks ago where we're starting to, we're anonymizing all of the data, but we're leveraging or we're putting together members based on shared professional attributes, seniority, industry, et cetera. And then this process will help us reach like the intended audiences across LinkedIn Across our audience network, which is off of LinkedIn without that like individually individually tracking every single member so like we're having to adapt our customers are having to adapt but we're just trying to make sure that privacy and that customer centric mindset is at the the forefront of all that we do
1: it's a taking you know, I think that the changes that you mentioned there and the shifts that we're seeing uh, across the industry really reflect on how people see and, and use our own tools with the meta so I'm really interested to know how LinkedIn you know uses our own you know uses meta solutions to actually enable its own digital transformation and and your own clients in a sense
0: yeah totally I keep going back to this kind of like privacy focused world but it's like really where the the innovation is happening and the challenges are happening and so we as a paid media team are thinking a lot about what is our future ad tech stack look like, and especially without pixels, without the the granularity of data that we've had and relied on for so long. And because a lot of what we do at LinkedIn is B2B marketing, our sales cycles tend to be a bit longer and it's hard to translate that kind of like front end pixel-based conversion metrics to true revenue goals. So we've been partnering with Meta a lot to build um, these server-to-server integrations to leverage our back-end data. And so this includes taking advantage of your all's leads at lead ads API, as well as your conversions API, which allows us to pass back more accurate data to then allow the, the meta algorithm to focus on the right types of information and focus on the customers or accounts that add a lot of value to our business and then let you all go find more of those. So we're really excited to to be partnering with you all and excited to see where we can really gain an upper hand here with leveraging our own data.
1: So one of the, one of the key things within the business engineering team here at Meta, and one of the things that, that you, you've mentioned throughout is this focus on customer centricity and this deep desire and need to be putting the customer first and thinking about how we you know cater to them and throughout this whole journey that they are the focal point of what we're trying to do and directing this squarely, you are too because you lead one of the larger functions within business engineering like how do you think the customer centricity plays into digital transformation
2: it's almost like uh, you could define digital transformation as customer centricity because i think it's again i mentioned this at the beginning it's really easy for people to think about the technology itself messaging or like the technologies around privacy, but what we're really what we really want to do is focus on the customer needs and how their expectations evolved uh, during time. What Jake was mentioning about now, users have an uh, expectation about how their data is being used. So unless you understand that, you focus too much on the technology and not necessarily on what are customers' expectations, and then you go for job servicing them. For example. People are actually fine if we are using some data to deliver a personalized experience, as long as you're being transparent about how you're leveraging that data, which data are you using. Instead of using everything about me, you can use just a subset of things that I feel more comfortable with and deliver a personalized experience or even how fast you are responding to their needs or uh, how you're communicating with them. In the past, it was okay for someone to wait uh, uh, minutes over the phone to get something solved. Now, because of how life uh, happens in the day-to-day, people are actually more used to messaging. So it really goes back about looking at your customer and what are their expectations for your service, your product. And this could go along different ways, right? It could be about the value you're delivering through the exchange of data. It could be around convenience or how fast you're delivering the service. It could be as well how you are being transparent about uh, where you source your products, about the people that work for you and what are your values. Because people are increasingly making more choices based on those things. And again, uh, once you understand that and where they're coming from, then it makes it easier for you to really use the right technology to serve them. But really, not focusing too much on the technology and more on your customer and their experience. And then, of course, you leverage technology, deliver that at scale, and in a way that uh, is meaningful to consumers.
0: Archer's done a really good job of like defining where we where you should be focusing and and not focusing on that technology, but what really drives the business. And if I put like a digital marketing mindset on this again, I keep going back to know that changes are coming, right? All of these privacy shifts, all of these, this tracking deterioration, we're thinking a lot about how we support our customers in this, but also as like a a marketer ourselves migrating to these more like probabilistic measurement and targeting um, capabilities versus solely relying on deterministic, which we've done for so long, is just something that we have to know is coming and be okay with that. Another thing to think about is get outside of our bubble a little bit. It's easy for us to really focus on solving like our one little problem in our one little team, but I'm sure other folks are trying to solve similar problems. How do we get out of our bubble, go talk to them, have these conversations? And that's where platforms like LinkedIn can really help with that. Find people in your industry to, to go chat with and, and talk about these things. Test, it's easier than ever to test across all of these different platforms. And so make sure that you have the right hypotheses and, and go try them. And then again, going back to this, provide true value to your members and customers. As Uber targeted ads like start to deteriorate, like making sure your business is providing true long-term value. They will continue to come back, you know, over and over again.
1: So you've both touched upon the need to adapt to what is rapidly changing around the leaders of brands in a sense and be able to adjust to that transformation. However, knowing whether it's been successful and knowing if you are on the right path, given some of the changes you rightly highlighted, Jake, about you know, going from a deterministic to probabilistic measurement like how should leaders be thinking about how they actually navigate this transformation? Maybe this one's to you, too. Like, How do they stay focused on on staying on that path and, and making sure they know that they're going in the right direction and that, that success is, is is happening?
2: Yeah, Jake really made my life uh, easier on this one because I'm going to build on what he just said. It, it, I think it, it has a lot to do with agility, Your you being able to like change really fast and iterate. Because just like technology is changing really fast, consumer behavior is also changing really fast. And things that are acceptable today, they might not be tomorrow. Or things that people are fine today, they might not be fine tomorrow. And if it takes too long for you to react to those changes, then you're just like catching up. So being really agile here at Meta, we we have this poster that says, what would we do if we weren't afraid? I think avoid playing safe. Within certain boundaries, how can we innovate fast enough? And how can you try new things and try to delight your customers by really putting them at the center and avoid the inside-out thinking? really get their feedback, understand what they need, and try to solve for that. I think that's really key. And uh, one common pitfall that I see is really the inside-out thinking. The, they say that when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. I think that's really like a, a slippery slope and really easy to fall into that trap because you have a technology that you might feel it's, it's awesome. But, and then you try to squeeze that in to solve a problem that might not even be there. So really putting your customer at the center, understanding what are their expectations, what they're expecting from your brand, positioning and make it clear what your brand is about. I think it's really powerful. And then investing technology as a consequence of that. If you want to be agile, but then you have a year-long kind of a roadmap cycle where it takes you a year to react to changes, that doesn't go far. But also, if you can't scale really quickly your infrastructure, that's also a problem. It's important to have the right processes in place to allow you to be agile, not be afraid of failing, and then have the technology and the know-how in place that will allow you to really make all of that happen to help you execute on that. Otherwise, you're going to be full of ideas, but uh, you won't have enough people that can actually execute on that. So I would say like that would be the last bit. And if, if I were to say one thing for people to avoid is really under-investing in the teams that are actually making this happen. If you have a great strategy, but your execution is poor because you don't have the right skills or you don't have the right people to execute on that, that, that won't help. You might use messaging to serve your customers 24-7, but if you have a dumb bot that only do, does the same as if they called you over the phone that won't change. That's not what they're they're expecting from it. They're not expecting you to serve them through messaging. They're expecting you to serve them faster, to do better. That That's how I would think uh, along those lines, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think like Arthur nailed like a lot of this here. I think the only thing I might add here is going back to brands staying true to who they are, like the REI example I gave earlier, like they could have really, you know, invested in a bunch of technology and made their site faster or better or whatever, but instead they like took a step back and really thought about what's their competitive advantage and who are their, their customers. And looking at someone who really enjoys the outdoors and spending time away from technology, they could really lean into that. And, and they were able to play that up in their marketing and then like leveraging the tools to tell a specific story, not just using the tools for the tool's sake, I think is a huge piece. And then just reiterating that point, I, I think it's the, the classic Wayne Gretzky quote where it's skate to where the puck is headed, not to where it has been or something like that is always really key when we think about digital transformation is keep your eye on what's coming and and try things and make sure you're not caught up by something that, that takes over you know the industry where you might have been focused on something else for a long time so yeah lots of opportunities there
1: so i definitely think the old adage of you know execution each strategy for breakfast or or as mark would say uh, from meta you know we'd much rather have a b in strategy than a in execution like really does ring true in a sense and for companies that are wanting to accelerate their digital transformation who are really you know, leaned into putting more people on this, figuring out the right next steps in terms of being able to accelerate that. Like, what would you recommend, Artu? Like, what would be the the top three things that you think people should really focus on to really help them accelerate their ability to embrace digital transformation?
2: In addition to what I said, I think it's important to understand, like, the customer. So, like, customer insights are really powerful, right? Uh, If you're in your bubble and trying to uh, figure out what your customers need inside a room in a whiteboard, you're probably going to miss the point. Every investment that gets you closer to your customer really counts. In our organization, business engineering, we actually send engineers to spend time with our customers and hear directly from them what are some of the challenges they are facing. And then really being able to active listen, right? Go deeper and make the right questions and try to get as much information as you can from the field and from the data you have when you have to operate at scale. And then really think that like people have higher expectations. They know that you actually have a lot of data from him, my past purchases, a lot of information from you. So let me know what kind of data I can allow you to use that will allow me to have a personalized experience. I think Mark talks a lot about this as well internally, about how it's not that people don't like ads. It's just that usually ads are pretty like uh, out of hand. I'm not buying a car and I keep being hammered by car uh, uh, ads, for example. But if I'm looking for a car, then I love car ads. So it's really about that level of understanding your customer and then uh, going a level deeper to deliver a personalized experience, given what they're expecting from you. I think the last bit would be really like not being afraid of that innovation. If you have a, a committee of five people who can just look at an idea and say if they're going to be good or bad, is that really innovation? Is that really pushing forward enough? And also, Jake mentioned this before, like testing. Let's test, test new ideas, ask consumers how they feel about it, but, but test. I think testing is really important. Have a framework that allows you to test and uh, iterate faster on those on those tests is really important. So I would say those are like the key things that I feel are really important for you to be able to accelerate your journey.
0: Yeah, those are all like awesome points. And as we think of how do you accelerate this, my my team is actually set up in a way where we're removed from like the day-to-day operations of running the business or running paid media campaigns or running marketing yes we plug into those our team is dedicated to really like thinking and solving some of these longer term problems or opportunities and so that's definitely one of the recommendations i have is like dedicate teams or people to step outside of that day to day so they have the space to like think about what's coming and think about how they can best take advantage of this these digital transformations that are happening all around us and if you don't have the right people internally, or your teams don't know where to start. Like tap into your partners. If this is be that like your LinkedIn account team or your meta account team or your agency teams, like people are thinking about digital transformation all the time, and there's a ton of experts out there that want to be on your side to help you succeed. So like tap into those resources, um, and, and they'll definitely, um, help you along the way. And then yeah, I think Archer talked about this too, is don't be afraid to fail. Some of these things are going to shift and change and you might try something and it doesn't work, but that's okay. And continue to just try and and test and hopefully something will stick eventually.
1: There is one final question that I want to ask and it builds on your point, Jake, there about don't be afraid to fail. Some leaders may see digital transformation as a item on the to-do list. Like it's got a target date, they want to tick it off. They just want to get it done and then they want to move on. Most people... Or the, that, in my mind, is not the way to think about it. You know, digital transformation isn't a fad or it isn't an initiative that has a target date or a line item on the to-do list. It's a new way of having to think and be ready to evolve your business to, to stay competitive and stay on par with the, the rest of your industry. You know, starting with you, Jake, Like I'd love for you to share, as to leave our listeners with about what would be you know, the one or two key things that people who haven't started this journey should be thinking about as, as that first step to, to getting going with digital transformation.
0: Yeah, totally. I think step one is really taking a step back and defining what digital transformation is for you. This is, there's like a lot of buzzwords. There's a lot of things where you get caught up in the shiny object and that can be a slippery slope and so really taking a step back and defining what does the digital transformation look for you, look like for you and your company right where do you see the gaps where do you see the competition potentially getting ahead and and really doubling down and and thinking about a strategy that really stays true to to who you are again going back to that authenticity piece and then understanding where you have a competitive advantage that is really key to you, growing the business in like a scalable way that still holds true. If you're always, you know, chasing the competition or or chasing those shiny objects, it's really easy to get distracted. And back to Arthur's point earlier around like just r- launching new pieces of technology for technology's sake is not necessarily going to help you. And then the last thing is as you think about who and where you want to advertise or bring your product to life is like, where do your audience live? Where do your audiences live? Is it a B2B audience? LinkedIn's a great place for that. Is it a more consumer audience? Meta has a lot of great op- opportunities for that. Knowing that change is constant is the key to all of this. And so making sure that you're okay with that is is really going to set you up for success long-term.
2: Yeah. And I would add to what Jake just said by saying, be clear on what's your mission Right. Again, if your mission is to deliver a personalized experience, or to deliver better customer service, or to provide someone the trip of their life, stay true to that, and then use technology to help you into that. But don't overthink too much into the technology itself. Otherwise, you risk like that trap on focusing on the wrong thing, to not being able to write faster. We, our. At Meta, our company mission is really to connect people and empower them to build communities. And if they're doing that through a phone today, that's great. But if in the future they do it through, I don't know, fridges, that's where we're going to be. We want to serve them and stay true to our mission. When we talk about other companies, it's really about them having it clear, what are their superpowers and when they should leverage other companies. I think like Jake mentioned this briefly, but it's if I'm not in the business of like being a tech company, how can I use other companies and their technology to help me out on this journey? So really think about that. At Meta, we have, we try to connect those companies as well, as uh, Jake mentioned. We try to connect them to partners who can help them solve their specific problem or help them accelerate their change. But uh, it's really having it clear what's the end goal and focusing on that and that long-term vision, because then you are going to succeed. That would be my, my, my last tip.
1: Awesome. This has been the Business Innovation and Technology podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, you know, please leave us a five-star review. For future episodes, follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and we'll see you next time.